we can go back in time, you'll realize one very profound thing. That on one day they worshipped and sang Hosanna, Hosanna. And five days later they said crucify him. What causes us to embrace the blessing of Jesus Christ one day. And then the next curse him. Hopefully I'll be speaking a little bit about that today. I want to thank everybody for coming out. I encourage you to come out a Good Friday service, our Easter service. Um, we're having two services. I don't know if that was mentioned uh, for those late Lucys. Uh, we have an 11 o'clock service and a 2 o'clock service, so I encourage you to make one. You have plenty of time to pick up your family and friends and bring them out. Uh, we talk about CEOs in this place. Anybody know what that is? Christmas and Easter only. So for those people who you're trying to get to church, perfect time to have them to come out. Amen? Nobody in this room. I'm sorry. Nobody in this room. But just make sure that you make an effort to do that. Amen? Um, it's a custom in our church that when we read the word, we stand to our feet. So I'm going to ask you to all stand at this time. I, I need you to listen. I don't need you to read. I just need you to listen. Follow along. I'm going to be reading from Zechariah. I'll explain who he was in a little bit. But just know that he spoke this 500 years before Jesus was even born. Okay? And it reads as follows. Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 through 12. It says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle, and your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea, from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth, because of the covenant I made with you, sealed with blood. I will free your prisoners from death in a waterless dungeon. Come back to the place of safety. All you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Amen. Bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. A while back, and I got lost, all right? I got lost. We were traveling down south, me and my wife, and we got lost. It was many, many years ago, and this just came to me a couple of days ago as I was preparing. And we got lost. We got directions from somebody who obviously didn't know how to give directions. And we followed these directions, and we got lost. I wound up in the backwoods of Maryland. 
shanty houses with corrugated aluminum roofs and uh, pulled into a gas station and uh, my car was overheating and you know when you get lost you kind of ticked off already right because you're lost you want to get to where you want to get to and uh, I pulled into this gas station and this guy comes out and he says you sure done it now boy Now, <laughs> um, I had to, yeah, tell the truth. <laughs> I got in the car and I said, honey, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here right now. There's nothing like being lost and having someone be cynical and condescending and pointing a finger at us for our mistakes. I love this little instrument. Anybody know what it is? This is my girl. No matter how many times I get lost, she never yells at me. She never screams at me. In fact, she says, the next corner make a U-turn. I love her. Sometimes we're in the car and my wife says, she's sending you the wrong way. And I said, listen, leave her alone. (laughs) She got us here, she'll get us home. But it's amazing to find yourself in a position where you might have made a wrong turn. And I'm speaking to someone in this room today. Maybe you made a wrong turn. Maybe you've gone down a road or down a path that, and you've engaged in some things that, you know, are not edifying, not building you up, not yielding the results you thought you were going to get. In speaking to you today, I want you to know it's time to come home. It's time for you to recalibrate. It's time for you to make a U-turn. And and the Holy Spirit does that to us. The Holy Spirit shoots up signs constantly, reminding us you're heading down the wrong path. You're going in the wrong direction. It's time to turn around. And, and, And listen, take suggestions. Stop being so stubborn, so stiff necked and thinking that you've got it going on. It's it's greater than being lost. It's coming back home. It's finding your way back to that place where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will bless you in such a way that you will be amazed. You will be in awe of the work that he can do in a person's life who surrenders and yields to him. Amen? Amen. Zechariah was a prophet. He was an 11th prophet out of 12 minor prophets, and that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that he's a minor. It just means that he wrote less. But in his writings, he speaks about Christ more than any other prophet other than Isaiah. And he speaks at the same time that Haggai speaks, which is another prophet. If you look in the Old Testament, some people are saying, there he goes into the Old Testament again. I love, I love the Old Testament because Jesus jumps off the pages and begins to reveal himself way before he's even on the scene. 
And for those who have issues, it's history. This historically is correct. The Bible is inerrant. Don't take away, don't put in, don't have conversations with people about, oh, it was written by men. The Bible was inspired by God. And men wrote. And, and when you look at the men that wrote, you think, well, what do these guys go to school? They didn't go to school anywhere except at the feet of God Almighty as the Holy Spirit poured into them and revealed this truth that was going to come to pass. And Zechariah was this prophet, but he spoke differently than Haggai. Haggai was a hard driver. He had to keep the people at the task because they were coming back from being in exile for so long. Listen to me. Some of you need to come back. They were coming back from exile because all along, this is what God's been saying since the very beginning, since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. He's been saying, come back to me. All along, that's all he's been saying. Come back to me. And maybe, you know, with some people who's a little eloquent with me, I'm just telling you, repent. Repent. Stop fooling around and come back. Because your way is not the way. It hasn't worked. It's not yielding this. You're still fighting with the people you say you love. You're still stealing. You're still lying. Come on, don't get me started. This is not Thursday, right, Mo? It's not Thursday. I got I to gotta know it's a mixed crowd in here. I'm not just talking to the men. Show up on Thursday. changes. But Zechariah spoke in a different way. Haggai said, listen, we're going to rebuild this temple. And he was screaming at people and saying, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. Because every step of the way, what happened was that the people of God began to look at other things and want those things rather than God. And then when they got these things, they built these, these little altars and they worship and bowed down to them. You know, I'm talking to you because you're worshiping that girl you're with. Or that guy you're with. Or that job that you have that you think you got on your own because you went to school. Listen to me. God made that possible. And it's important to understand that everything we have is because God has allowed it into our lives. So that first and foremost, if it's rough, it's because he wants to get you to look up to him. And acknowledge him of all things. Some of us are still confused. You know why you're confused? Because you're still grasping from all over the place to hear from God when God is telling you, be still and know that I am God and allow me to do what I do best. I am the one that restores. I am the one that rebuilds. I am the one that reconciles you to your family. I am the one that's going to give you that life that you so desire that you go pay $14 in the movie to watch. That's the life I have for you. A life that will allow you to experience me in every avenue, every corner, every closet of your life. And I will be there. And Zechariah began to speak some things that were really, really profound. And he began to say some things and encourage them. When you read Zechariah, he speaks in poet form. And I'm just going to read something from the very beginning of Zechariah. Because he wrote during a time that the people... Because they did not listen to God, he allowed them to get into a mess. He raised up enemies that were stronger than they were because they were not a nation yet. And historically in 722 B.C., the northern kingdom falls. and 586, the southern kingdom falls. Haggai and Zechariah began to speak to them as they're coming back. And they're coming back broken. Listen to me. 
They're coming back hunched over, beat up. Like some of you have walked into the rooms. Like some of you have walked into this church. This is why we ask people to come to the front to celebrate. You have to hear the testimonies from the youngest to the oldest of the people who were baptized. It was amazing to blow you away to think that that person in that short span had done so much. So much. Yet God was faithful. God was faithful. Every step of the way, he shows up and reminds us of these things. And Zechariah, in the very beginning, I love what he says. He's in the Old Testament. You don't have to turn there. Just listen. He gives us some history. And it says in verse 2, he says, I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, say to the people, this is what the Lord of heaven's army say, return to me and I will return to you. Don't be like your ancestors who would not listen or pay attention when the earlier prophet said to them, this is what the Lord of heaven's army say, turn from your evil ways and stop all your evil practices. This is God using someone to speak into our lives. At that time, he was like, listen, here's what's happened. You've turned away from me and you turned to things that cannot satisfy you. You turn to things to try to fill this void in your life that only I can fill because I created that void in you. You see, what, what happens is that we try to fit a, you know, square peg in a round hole. It doesn't work. And I know a lot of you are carpenters here, very creative. You'll shave the edges and try to fit it in. It doesn't fit. Only God can fill the void in our lives. Only God can reign supreme in our lives and begin to lead us and guide us. And I got to tell you something. Obedience is not fun. (laughs) It it, it isn't fun. Some of us say, well, you know, know, I'm praying to God and he's not answering. He's waiting for you to be obedient. He's waiting for you to get out of the way. He's waiting for you to return, to turn from your evil ways. Yeah, it's evil. Living a life without God is evil. Because you can't serve two masters. If you're not being led by God, being led by his spirit, living based on biblical truths, you are serving the enemy. It's a wonder why you can sit here still shackled, with your mind racing, hoping that I finish so you can leave. I'm not going anywhere. And my voice stays in your head. It will echo and resonate. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it does. <laughs> Some of the guys can tell you about that. <laughs> Amen. It's imperative for us to begin to understand that if we were back in those days, we would see this man riding on the colt, and the colt signifies peace. The palms were for kings who returned from victory. Listen to this. What victory had he gained at this point? You see, because your future is but a memory to God, you have to begin to discover what he has laid before you and move in that direction. Are you listening? You're trying to figure out your future. You're trying to figure out purpose, and you're trying to figure out will. And all I'm asking you is to get into God's word. Connect with people who are running and living this life. 
You've heard people, places, and things, and you guys throw it around like a cliche, but yet you still want to hang out with the same person, thinking that you're not going to get stained by their activity. When you run with a pack of wolves, what are you? You guys are smart. Woo! Got some smart people in here. And it's important for us to realize that as we move forward, as we continue to move forward, that we take little steps. You've heard me say it before, that God doesn't work in huge leaps. He works in small steps, and we have to celebrate small steps because it's the same prophet who said, don't dispel small things. Let God be God and allow him to put one step in front of the other, and you will see that when you look back, you've walked a mile. You'll be so far removed from that lifestyle and that life that you will realize, man, who did this? It wasn't you because every step you take, you're saying, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. And you're moving and you're moving. And when you look behind, you say, oh, boy, that was my life back there. This is my life now. And you need to celebrate that. I'm great. I'm grateful that God did not give up on me. I was a hot mess on a hot day. <laughs> All right? And if you ask some people around me, they'll tell you you're still a hot mess. But the reality is that God began to do something in my life and began to wreck me and began to pull and tug. And I'm saying, no, God, I still want this and I still want to keep this. I still want to hold on to this. And, and, and he said, no, 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 no. That's no good for you. It doesn't fit you no more. Don't do this. Don't walk this way. Don't do this way. I said, but God, come on. There's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. And he said, no, 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 no. Your way is not my way. And I said, come on, God, can't we, like, compromise? <laughs> right? Can, can I give you, you know, this, and, and then, you know, you give me that, and we'll see how it works. Listen to me. It's God's way or the highway. Amen. Listen to me. Let, let me just, this is, I'm going to enlighten you, and you can write this down, and, you know, just, just don't tattoo it on your bodies. The Bible is not about you. It's about Jesus. Okay? The Bible's not about you. It's about what Jesus has done, will do, and continue to do if you allow him to. You got it? It's about Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. You see that? You guys got it down, Pac. Edwin is training you well. Yes. Makes it a lot easier for me, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. So Zechariah begins to speak to him and begins to remind him. So this, this king who had not gained a victory, but here's the secret. He did have the victory already. And operating from a place of victory is what you, when you come to Christ, have to realize. You're no longer losers. You're no longer whatever name somebody's placed upon you. When you come to Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You can overcome. You are not the tail. You are the head. And you can be above your circumstance if you just allow God to seat you in that place that he has designated for you. Riding on a coat. People singing Hosanna. Hosanna. That's what Palm Sunday is about. The palm is a very resilient plant. It bends, but it doesn't break. 
and it's normally found in coast. Uh, you can't grow a palm here. I don't care. I know some of you have been growing some things in your bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not now, in the past. <laughs> you know, in the past. But you can't grow a palm here. It grows in places where it's warm because water flows underneath. And the thing about the palm, you see it in a storm. Listen to me. Listen to me. When a palm bends and you watch it, and you watch it, it just comes right back. And they were celebrating Jesus coming into their town. This whole week now, starting from today to Good Friday, is what we call this Passion Week. It's this whole uh, uh, progression of it leading to his crucifixion. Him dying at the cross for you. Him dying at the cross for me, for us. Now, I, I thought about this because I think about, you know, my sins, past, present, and future, because, hey, we're all sinners, right? Amen. All right, I feel good now. And, and we're going to do something. You know, tomorrow, later. But here's what I know, that because of Christ, I've been forgiven. And I got to walk in that forgiveness. I got to walk in that newness of life, in that new birth. And here's what I need to do. I need to forgive myself. Some of us in this room could speak of forgiveness, but haven't forgiven themselves. Some of us are still banging our heads against the wall because of something we did, something we said. Listen, it's all under the blood. God has sent his only son to forgive you and to redeem you and to cleanse you. Here's what the prophet said. The prophet once said, come let us reason. He says, though your sins are as grimson red, I will make them as white as snow. He said, I have a garment for you. It's a garment of praise. Stop wearing those clothes that don't fit you no more. Stop walking around disgruntled. Stop walking around with the negativity that the minute you walk into the room, everything changes. I'm talking to somebody today. You came to church to hear something soft and sweet. Wrong guy. <laughs> because I know, I know and I read the history, and I'm sitting there, and I'm reading the history, and I'm saying, man, this God who parted the Red Sea, gave you a job, has healed you, has provided for you, right? That's what he did with them. He gave them manna from the sky when they were hungry. He gave them water from a rock when they were thirsty. If you read the word, it says that the, the, the sandals on their feet and their clothes, they never wore out. This was God, and God led them by a pillar of fire and a cloud. Whenever they needed something, God showed up. Listen to me. God has showed up for you. He has showed up for you, and some of you are miserable because you want more. You're miserable because you want more. When is enough enough? Some of us need to. Watch the news. Well, I don't want to watch the news because I don't want to see what's happening in the world. I start to cry, you know. Maybe you need to watch with new eyes and hear with new ears and feel with a new heart. Because there's pain out there. There is suffering out there. There is misery out there. And it's important for us to begin to realize, listen to me, you are blessed. Every one of you in this room, maybe we don't got it all going on, and that's okay. 
That's okay. We're, we're all, if you're walking this walk and you're trying every single day, oh, but I don't know how to read the word. Listen, we'll help you. I don't know how to pray. Listen, we'll help you. I don't know how to be a Christian. Listen, we'll help you. Do you want the help? Do you want the help? Because Zechariah says, look, he goes on to say, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. He already has the victory. Listen, it wasn't, it was his love for us that put him on that cross. Everybody wants to blame somebody, right? There was the only way to pay our sin debt. It was the only way that we can, that he can fix things. We made a mess of it. You know, and some of us are still making a mess of it, and this is, this is okay. All I'm saying is come back home because at the very end of the scripture, he says, I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Two. Two for one. I like that. In, in, in the economy of life, I like that. I, I, I like that because let me, let me tell you something. I got some troubles. Come on now, no amens, right? All right. Uh, I'm, I'm the only one then, all right? Uh, I'll throw myself over. But, but the reality is we all got some troubles, and God wants to do something dynamic in the midst of that circumstance that you find yourself in, in the midst of that trouble, in the midst of that pain. Listen to me. He wants to bless you. He wants to show up. He wants to show up riding on a coat so you can sing praises unto him and acknowledge him because he is the only one that can fix your mess. He is the only one that can flip it around and take all that that you've done and put you out of stage preaching the word. Hallelujah. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. I can go across the room here and talk about the people that are doing ministry now. Crazy, psychotic people. (laughs) Psychotic people. People twisted. But that's Recovery House of Worship, Blurkin. Hallelujah. We love Jesus in this place. Amen. But the very same people who worshipped him one moment cursed him the next. Things didn't work out. They saw this king coming and everybody said, hey, this is the man. This is the guy who's going to propel us into that next place. He's going to take us. We're going to overcome our enemies. And he's going to take us. And we're going to, you know, even his disciples began to jostle for space and said, hey, listen, uh, you know, when you get to that, you know, that ivory tower, I need the corner office, you know. And then they started to, you know, say, you know, like, if I, if, you know, make sure that you put me here. And he says, Lana, you don't want where I'm going. You don't want to go. He was talking about Golgotha, the hill of the skull. When you look at it, actually, I was looking at pictures geographically and that hill that he climbed that we call Calvary, because Calvary, Calvary is so pleasant. Golgotha sounds so mean. But when you look at it, it's a hill, and it's got a couple of dents in it, and it literally looks like a skull. It was outside the city. Outside the city, because at that time, we didn't have sanitation. Guess where the garbage went? Outside the city. 
removed by mules. That's why I smelled in that region. And he climbed that place, and he stood up there, and he stood up there, and he looked down, and he finally uttered some words that to this day resonate inside me and are so profound because I don't longer have to jump through hoops. I don't longer have to work for it. I don't longer have to smile when I don't want to smile. If I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling sad. I know this, that it is finished. And because it is finished, I have the victory. Therefore, I got to begin to embrace that truth that's found in his word. He came in as a king who was victorious. He already has the victory. We already have the victory. We just have to trust God and rely on God and believe in God and know that he is able. Some of you are happy, really happy. I would tell you to tell your face that you're happy. <laughs> Just tell, tell your face. Because some of y'all are walking around with some scowls that are scary. You know, and if you're in recovery, you got to fix that scowl. You know, you don't need that scowl no more. That, that was okay before. But now we're in recovery. We've got to fix that scowl. We've got to make it what? It's another thing. We're in here praising God. And he says, oh, who's, uh, who can give thanks to the Lord? Listen. You ain't using no more. You should be shouting from a rooftop. Forget about the music. Maybe you don't like the music. Maybe you don't like the words. Maybe you don't want to worship God. Just be a grateful, recovering addict. That's it. So, oh. oh, now he's crossing the line here. Breaking out of enemy. Oh, get out of here with that stuff. God is God here, and he's God in the rooms. God is God everywhere. There's no separation of, out of church and state. You do that. I'm going to speak about Jesus wherever I can, whenever I can, and however I can. Oh, oh, but it's not good for business. Listen, you want to be blessed, put God first. And everything. We learned that last week, right? You want to be blessed, put God first in everything. And let God Lead the way. Get off that seat because it doesn't belong to you and allow him to take the wheel. That's a great song, right? We've heard it. Jesus, take the wheel. Huh? We, all, we all sing that song, right? Yeah. Right? I, I, just, I just, you're right. I just hurt myself, right? This is too much fun. It's not supposed to be this much fun, right? <laughs> Zechariah spoke about the future rather than the present day. And I want to speak to you about your future. It's better than it is today. And it will be better than it is today. Amen. And maybe you're feeling a type of way. Maybe things are going on and you can't see it right now. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to stay the course. I'm asking you not to look back. I'm asking you to show up. I'm asking you to say no to some things that you've been saying yes to your whole life. Some of you have been saying yes to a lot of things. And I, I'm, I'm asking you to stop being seekers of pleasure because that is so temporary. It is so fleeting. The God we serve is about eternity. Eternity. Listen to me. This is not a secret. We're all going to live eternity somewhere. Everybody understand that? 
Some of you are shaking your head like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll be floating in the air. I don't know. Maybe I'll go somewhere where I can weigh my heart. I don't know. The reality is that we're all going to live an eternity somewhere. And the time when that will come to pass is not after your death. It is now. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. Today is the day. God is knocking at your heart. God is shouting from the pages of Zechariah, and he's saying, listen to me, the, 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 the Christ we serve, he's going to come. This is 500 years. He's talking about the future because these guys, these guys were broken. They were hurting. They were coming back from exile. They were only allowed to live in Jerusalem because the guy who was ruling at that time was this cool guy by the name of Darius, you know, and he allowed them to hang out, you know, as long as they didn't start doing that crazy religious stuff, he was okay with letting them live there. And, and Zechariah said, come on back. We're going to rebuild the temple. We're going to rebuild the house of God. We're, we're going to rebuild. We're going to be a nation. Listen to me. This is God speaking through a man 500 years before that, 2,500 years before Israel itself became a nation. Israel became a nation in 1948. Up until then, the flag of Palestine flew over that region. And now, despite being surrounded by so many enemies, they're still there. And you, despite being in so many circumstances and situations, you're still here. You're still here. Listen, there's a reason for that. Why don't you stop for a moment and say, God, what would you have me do with my life? What would you have me do with it? Pause for a moment. Stop running. Stop chasing. Stop doing. And say, man, I should have overdosed. I should be in prison. I should be here. I should be there. I should be, oh my God, but I'm here in church listening to the word of God. Oh man, God, what would you have me do with my life? What is it? Because God is speaking to you. Everyone here has a gift and a talent that God wants to use for the edification of the church. There is someone that needs to, for you to get it right so that they can get it right. Amen. There's someone that you're going to let go to hell because you're selfish and self-centered. We shouldn't be that anymore. We shouldn't. Just the fact, listen, let me, put the, let me just close the Bible for a minute. Just the fact that you're clean. It's not about you. If you're making meetings, it's not about you. It's about the newcomer. It's about that person who's out there still sick and suffering and lost. This church was founded on praying for the sick, the suffering, and the lost. We went out and still go out to get them. I'm going to do something one day that's going to shock the living daylights out of you. I'm going to remove all the chairs. You're going to have no hospitality. You're going to have no heat. And then you're going to go, oh, hey, Vendito, what's going on here? I got to go somewhere else, this church, I don't know. But we don't do that. We've created an environment where you can come broken, messed up, twisted, and come in here, and we hug you, and we love on you, and we're like, yo, watch that guy. That guy's, you know, you know. I say, Mo, Mo, go talk to him, Mo, go talk to him. I say, Claudia, go ahead, go talk to him, you know. Before they get to me, go talk to them, you know. But, but the whole thing is, that's what we're doing. Listen, there's stuff going on. There's stuff constantly going on all the time. Won't you be a part?
won't you be a part of it? What part can you play in all this? Because Jesus came to set the captive free. Are you free? 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 Come on, are you free? Are you free? Are you free? Because if you're not free, that's the reason why you're shackled. That's why you can't praise God. That's why you can't open your mouth or raise your hands. Forget about you got your underarm smell. Just raise your hands and praise God. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I sound like a frog for crying out loud. I'm not going to let you out praise me. I'm going to raise my voice. You know why? Because I was down there in the mud and mire of life. I was twisted. I was messed up. And when people didn't want to deal with me, God said, I got you. I got you. I got you. And he came for me. He came for me. Oh, hallelujah. You're not listening to me, church. He came for me just like he came for you. He sent somebody. And you say, oh, man, why this guy keeps calling me? Why does this guy keep inviting me? Why this person keeps telling me about Jesus? Listen, it's because God loved them and therefore they love you. And you're saying, but I'm unlovable. It's okay. We're going to love you until you can love yourself. Amen. We're going to love you until you can love yourself. And here's what I suggest. Break the mirrors in your house. Oh, that's going to be seven years of bad luck. Get out of here with that stuff. Break the mirrors. If you can't look in the mirror and like yourself or love yourself, break the mirrors. Stop looking at them. Let me affirm you. Let me continue to encourage you and love on you. You know what? Tell the, ask, the, ask the men who are around me. I hit them hard. 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 I hit them hard. Why? Because I love them. I love them, and I want to see them step up and become all they're supposed to be. My son will tell you, he's right here in the front row. I ride him like a horse. I'm on him all the time. He says, oh, Dad, give me a break, give me a break, give me a break. Listen, I know what's out there. I'm not a prophet, but I know what's out there. I realize that he's got to live his life. I understand that. But I don't want him to have to experience what I experienced. Because, listen, that was my life. I escaped it. He may not. You listening to me? Are you listening to me? Everybody here is unique. Everybody's experience is special. God showed up in your mess. What he did for me, he may do different for you. Do you understand that? Right? Some people say, well, Jesus only, or this or that. Listen. The program you're in is God-ordained to get you to acknowledge him, to get you to realize that you can't without him, that you are powerless without him, that your life became unmanageable. Do you realize what I'm saying here? I'm saying that God is in the mix. I'm saying that God is doing something. He is leading. He is opening doors. You know, it's not the coffee. It's not the cookies. Oh, it's the fellowship. And right now in this room, the fellowship of the saints, hallelujah, glory be to God, is where God gets his attention. He hears what's going on in this room. He hears the lives that are being changed, and he continues to send. Listen, I don't care how far you got to travel to get here. And, and, and we're not big on you necessarily coming here. Go wherever there is a church. But here's what I've learned from a lot of people I've spoken to. They've gone to different churches, and there's not a church like this. There's not a church like this. There isn't. You know, it took me about three years to find my mother a church in Florida. You know? And uh, uh, some people can make you feel uncomfortable. Um, we welcome 
everybody in this place. Now, don't mean we want you to stay there now. We want you to allow yourself to put yourself in a position where God begins to change you. And sometimes, like I said, I tell the guys all the time that God's word is going to wreck you before it fixes you. And a lot of us don't want to get wrecked. A lot of us want the glory with no story. A lot of us don't want to go through anything. All right, write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Plagiarism. I love the prophets of old because what they said came to pass. That only reminds me that the word of God, when it goes out, it doesn't return void. That if you're hearing, and if you've heard anything today, it's time to come home. What does that look like when it's time to come home? When it's time to come home, you have to relocate. Wherever you are right now, spiritually, mentally, and physically, you have to relocate. You have to begin to come to the cross. You have to begin to sit at the table that will take communion in a few minutes. But we have to begin to move from where we are to where he wants us to be. And again, small steps. But here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to be dancing the spiritual mambo. Right? Where you go two steps forward and one back because you always wind up in the same place. God is a God of progress. God is a God that continues to move forward. Think about those who have been around for a little bit. Go home and look at your photo album. When you were looking like. Right? That's a picture you want to get rid of, right? You know? Keep that picture. Keep that picture as a reminder. Because now God has looked out for you. Or that green or orange jumper you had. You know? The greatest thing you accomplished was a new pair of kicks. Listen to me. Keep them as a reminder of where God has brought you from. Keep them as a picture. Because he is a God of victory. And when you allow him to be God in your life, he will take you from glory to glory. He will move you from this to this. He will take you from where you are now thinking, oh, bendito, I need help. Yes, you knew. It's time for you to open your mouth and start crying out for help. And listen to me. For those who are crying out to help, do not question in the way it comes. Do not question in the way it comes. Because you're crying out for help. You're not describing it. Right? You're crying out for help. God, help me with my marriage. Okay, well, that may mean you might have to go to counseling. That may mean you have to, you know, die to self. Because if you don't love that person you're with more than you do yourself, then it's messed up already. It's important for you to begin to understand that. It's important. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. Oh, man. You listening? Some, some of you some of you are still dating. You missed a relationship workshop. It's important for us to realize that if you want the very best for God, and I told the men this week, within you, God has deposited, if you're in Christ, he has deposited the potential for greatness. Why are you settling for mediocrity? Why? The other thing is, and I'm going to close with this, 
is that a lot of Christians have come to Christ now. And because they're not bothering anybody, they're not stealing, they're not using, they're good. Right? You created a middle road. You have created a middle road of complacency. You got saved in this ministry, and now you're thinking, well, that's good enough. That's it. I'm going to heaven. And that's cool. I don't know your conversion. I don't know how sincere it was. Maybe you came to the front because I pushed you. I don't know. (laughs) That's between you and God. On that day, we'll know. There'll be many surprises on that day. Hey, I'm hoping and praying every day. God, (laughs) 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 make sure I'm there with you. But we created this mirror road, and that's not even biblical. In the Bible, it speaks about the narrow or the wide. There's no middle road. And some of us are walking that middle road. We're Christians and doing absolutely nothing that honors God with our lives. And it's time for us to stop. It's time for us to begin to engage in the battle that's before us. Because some of you don't realize you're in a fight. And some of you are just not hitting back. Some of you are, you know, I, I used to, well, you grew up. Anybody remember? I mean, maybe some of you are as old as I am, but they had this little clown with a little red nose. You punched it. Right? You punched it. It went down. It came back up. You punched it. You know, and the only way it stayed down is if you sat on it. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's important for us to really begin, really begin to address these things in our lives that are not allowing us to live from victory to victory to victory to victory. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask my uh, daughter and the team to come up. There is a song that always uh, does something to me. And uh, I've asked her to sing it. Can we dim the lights a little bit, please? <laughs> 